Turn please in the scriptures. John 14. And then eventually I believe we'll make our way to Romans. The 8th chapter. John 14. And then uh, Romans 8. But before we do that, if they put up Psalm 23 on the screen, don't turn there. You've got two places. You know, when you've got, you got your fingers in two or three places, so you're getting in the Word. <laughs> the scripture here says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Keep going. Next few verses. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Everybody say, he leads me. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Say it again. He leads me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For you're with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He's leading us. Right? He's with us. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Uh, how'd you find that table? He led you there. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. How'd you get in a situation where your cup was running over? You had a table full of bounty. Your good shepherd led you there, and you are smart little sheep. Is that right? And you followed. You followed your good shepherd. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Does that sound like the path of the righteous growing brighter and brighter? Hallelujah. To the full day's sun. And yet, how'd you get on the path? Following him. I said you're following him. Right? And how would you continue down the path? And how would you get to go through all these good places? Following him. And if he's not leading you, there wouldn't be anything to follow. But he is the good shepherd. And he is leading. Look in John 14. John 14, let's remind ourselves. Jesus said numerous things about the Holy Spirit and uh, what he would do for us when he came. And uh, when he's saying this, he was saying when he comes, he's going to do this. Well, he came on the day of Pentecost. And he's been here ever since. Is that right? The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And so he is doing for the believers what Jesus said he would do if they yield to him and follow him. In John 14 and 16, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Notice he, he, not it, he, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you, and that was before the new birth, which is why he said, and he shall be in you. And then not too many days after that, he was. Hallelujah. Now I want you to notice something here. The world... This is the unsaved, those not born again, those who are not believers. They didn't say it was difficult. It said they cannot 
receive him, they don't see him and they don't know him. Now it'll be important for us to remember that later. The, The world doesn't see him. They don't know him. They don't get it. That should be obvious to us, but it's important. It'll answer a lot of questions if we'll keep this in mind. Go to the 16th chapter, please. Well, I'm moving too fast. Stop by the 26th verse, 14, 26. The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, ghost is an old English word for spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said to you. Said out loud, he teaches me all things. The Holy Spirit brings all things to my remembrance, whatever the Lord has said to me. Now skip down to the 16th chapter and the 13th verse, 1613. He said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Said out loud, he guides me into all truth. Who guides you? The Holy Spirit. He does. But whatsoever, he'll not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And... He will show you things to come. So he hears and he speaks to us. He speaks to us and we hear. Is that right? And said out loud, he shows me things to come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Verse 14, he said it again. He said, he'll glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and will show it to you. He says it again. Said out loud, the Holy Spirit Spirit is continually continually guiding me, me, teaching me, me, reminding me, me, and showing me things. Is that scripture? These are the words of the master. Do we believe them? Now, the reason I say this is because millions of church-going people don't believe this like it's written. They've changed it. Like we were talking uh, last time, many Christians believe God leads through circumstances. They look to the outside. And when something happens, they believe That everything that happens is somehow God. And that everything that's happening is God telling them something through the situation and through the circumstances. And so that is believing that God leads externally. Which is not what this says. And it's not what the scripture teaches. Now, if you weren't with us last time, we, we covered this in some detail. So if you say, so that's how I've always believed it. Go online, download it, or go back in the back, get a CD. It won't cost you anything. It's free to you. And go through every scripture with us. And don't say, well, I don't know if I agree with you or not. Forget about me. What about these scriptures? Amen. Go through these scriptures. 
and see what the scripture is saying. Because the enemy has deceived millions through causing them to think. Have you ever heard people say something happened? Could have been a catastrophe. And somebody turn around and say, I think somebody up there is trying to tell you something. You ever heard that? Millions of church-going people believe some form of that. Well, why? We, we called it last week, instead of being led by the Spirit, it's led by the stick. <laughs> led by hard knocks. Led by wax. Why? We read where the Scripture said, don't be like a mule that has to be led and have to have a bridle in their mouth. Why? Why wouldn't God just talk to us? Tell us what he wants us to do. Is it because we're incapable of understanding? Or he just chooses to keep us in the dark and keep us guessing and jumping? People say, well, God, God's in everything. No, he is not. That's just not true. There's all kind of stuff going on in this world that's not God. We went into many scriptures last time talking about this. We saw where Elijah was on the mount. And the Bible said there was a great earthquake. God wasn't in it. And yet most insurance companies will call any earthquake an act of God. And yet the Bible said he wasn't in it. Now he was in an earthquake in that Philippian jail. But let me show you a God earthquake. Nobody got hurt. The only thing that happened was everybody's handcuffs fell off. Now that's a God quake. But it said there was this great wind and God wasn't in the wind. How many people are trying to tell you? God was in that tornado. God was in that hurricane. No, he wasn't. I know a lot of people believe that, but it's just not true. God is not the destroyer. He's not the killer. He's not the thief. He's not. He's good. We've been talking about that on Sunday, haven't we? No, we don't have to have everything just vague and wondering and guessing and assuming God's trying to tell me something through this set of circumstances. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit to live inside of us and communicate directly and specifically to us. Look with me in Ephesians, please, the fifth chapter. Ephesians chapter 5. Can you tell when we run up against some tradition once in a while? <laughs> some of those old sacred cows, you can hear them moo when we poke them. They go moo. But I mean, know some things need to be knocked in the head. Because they are lies that have confused people for generations. They were wrong when somebody started it ten centuries ago. And they're still wrong today. And how are you going to know what's right and what's wrong? 
Get away from opinion and theory and somebody's experience. How many believe this word is that knowing it and doing it is building your house on the solid rock? Hallelujah. And then when the winds blow, you'll stand. Because you're not built on somebody's idea or opinion, but on the word that cannot fail. Ephesians 5, did you... Did you find that? Ephesians 5 and verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Keep going. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, he says it again, but what? Understanding what? The will of the Lord is. Does the Lord expect us to find and know and understand his will? He said not to do so is to be foolish. And millions of people believing they can't know the will of God. Trying to be led through all kind of external circumstances. Are acting like fools. And paying the price of being foolish. Doing things that the Lord never told them to do. Assuming things that the Lord never told them. Oh, but good news, saints. Good news. You can hear him for yourself. We ended up last week in John 10. Anybody remember? And we saw Jesus say repeatedly, My sheep hear my voice. My sheep know me. A stranger's voice they won't follow. Is that right? Do you hear his voice? Now see a whole lot of people right there. They'll go, well, I I don't know about. Do you believe what Jesus said or not? So that's where you you run into problems. People start trying to figure out what they think they heard or know or understand. This is how you fix this. Quit trying to figure it out and believe what he said. Amen. And if you begin to agree with him, it's going to open up a whole new world to you. Because the truth is, if you've been born again, you are his sheep. And you do know his voice. Whether you're acting like it or not, whether you're responding or not, you do. And as soon as you're able to identify it, you're going to be one happy camper. Which is what we're doing. That's where we're headed. I'm believing the Lord that all of us, you and me, we are going to be better spirit-led than we have ever been in our life. The Lord's teaching us, showing us. We're going to be clearer. We're going to be sharper. We're going to quit missing it on all this stuff all the time. And we're going to begin to get it right again and again and again and again. Right, right, right. Not because we're so smart, because we learn how to follow. We learn how to listen. And we learn how to follow. Anybody can miss it. You, me, anybody can miss it. But you never missed it following him. You never missed it following him. You have to either ignore what he said or just not pay attention or come up with a better idea. (laughs) But you never missed it following him. Let me read this to you from the uh, Young's literal translation, verse 15. Ephesians 5.15. It says, see then how exactly you walk. Isn't that interesting? 
He's talking about precision guidance. Precision guidance. That's something pilots are familiar with. Because, I mean, you know, some of the weather, especially like in the wintertime, when the fog is in, the ceilings are low, you got less than a mile visibility, half a mile, ceiling is 200 feet, some cases 50 feet. Well, when you are descending and can't see a thing, you don't need to be close. <laughs> when you're flying over buildings, power lines come on, are you listening to me? Hills, maybe you're out in mountainous terrain, out in Colorado, Montana, somewhere. You say, where's the airport at? It's somewhere over yonder. <laughs> because half a mile off can be the difference between landing and crashing. And I know half a mile sounds like a lot, but when you're moving hundreds of miles an hour, that's nothing. Or precision on a precision approach, an ILS, instrument landing system, a precision approach, a lot of them go down to 200 feet is uh, minimums. Uh, airliners will go down further and some operators that are qualified go down further, but 200 feet's low enough yeah. for me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, when I was in the SIM training here recently, we were, you know, shooting an approach and engine was on fire and this was wrong and it was wrong. But you still got to fly the plane precisely. Yeah. And so I was dialing in an altitude and, and I thought, well, why is that? It was 1,680 feet. And later on, when we got on the ground, we flew by the help of the Lord, we flew it correctly and got on the ground. And I was asking him, why was that 1680? He said, you want to see? I said, yeah. And he cleared it up in the sim. And it's because this great big tower was sticking up right there. <laughs> just a few feet. Well, that's why it was 1860 instead of 18. Yeah. Somebody say precise. precise. Well, did God lead us to fumbling around in the dark and kind of hit and miss and guess on everything in our life. But could God lead us with precision? Yes. Precision. Because again and again it makes a difference whether you're just kind of close to it or whether you're right on it. Amen. I know uh, when uh, we got this property here in um, Sarasota. Similar thing happened in Branson every time the Lord's led us. But uh, there were other properties that were bigger, more building, more square feet for less money. And if you're just led by price, we'd be in a different county, maybe, if it worked. But we, we didn't even know at that point that this area is a prime area. And a lot of things, of course, at that time, the mall didn't exist, huh, over there. And a whole lot of things that have happened since then. But we didn't know that. We were not from here. And I didn't do a bunch of uh, studying demographics. I say I didn't do a lot of it. I didn't do any of it. Because <laughs> I, I don't want to be influenced. Amen. I don't want to be influenced by that. And you got to watch sometimes once you get something in your head. Then you got a you got a time getting it out. 
Only reason, I had people ask, why did y'all go there? One reason. We believed the Lord directed us here. That's it. That's it. And so uh, we found out later that we would have had problems at those other places. We didn't know that then, but the Lord knew. How many understand, you, and Phyllis and I talked about it, some of the things we could see. It, it could have taken us years longer to get up and running. How many know that always costs more the longer it takes? And other things. I mean, this thing came together quick, as did Branson, very quick. And uh, you could have been struggling with problem after problem after problem, and the thought would have crossed your mind, well, did the Lord really tell us to come here? Yeah, he did, just 15 miles further that way. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody say precision. precision. How many stand? I'm back to my airplane again. I don't just need to land in the right state. <laughs> Where are you going? Well, anywhere in Florida would be fine. Well, no, it ain't. Right? Well, what are we going to do? Ah, just what I think you know anything would be fine with the Lord. Listen. Have you seen what he created? Your body. The planets. The synapses in your brain. Come on, are you listening? The orbits of the world. Is he just, did he just throw some stuff out there and say, whatever, that'd be good enough? Just... <laughs> tear itself apart it's too much going on it's got to be precise yeah. Amen. they call our world the Goldilocks world if it's any closer it'd be too hot if it's any further away from the sun it'd be too cold isn't it amazing it just happened to be in the right spot yeah. no precision somebody say precision. precision God is a God of precision and his plan is not for you and I to be guessing wildly and bumping along in the night with our eyes closed and guessing at what might be his plan and will. He is intelligent. Amen. Much more than us. Amen. He can speak. Right. Can we hear? Yes. Then why can't he just tell us? Why can't he just talk to us? Well, we saw example after example in the scriptures, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, where the Holy Spirit said, do this, don't do that, go here, forbid them from doing that. Is that right? Well, what has changed from then till now? Do we not have the same spirit? Are we not born again like them? Are we not part of the same church? Why shouldn't we be hearing from him? We should be. Thank God we can be. And by faith we say we are and we will be. He said redeeming the time because the days are evil. Because of this become not fools but understanding what the will of the Lord is. From this verse alone you know he intends for us to be aware of and to understand what the will of the Lord is. He said don't be a fool. Understand what the will of the Lord is. That will keep you from being foolish. And doing foolish things. Now. We camped on. That we can hear from him. Individually. Personally. Directly. Specifically. But I want us to notice something here. When we say we can hear from him. 
How does that work? And what does that mean? Don't turn anywhere. But just listen to this. Revelation 2.7. You don't have to turn anywhere. I'm going to read several things to you. So just listen. It begins by saying this. He that has an ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And he gives, he talks about that. But I just want to touch on this. In verse 11, you know what he said? Say that, read it out loud with me, that top sentence there. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Verse 17. Read it again. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verse 29. What does it say? (laughs) He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Was the Spirit saying something to the churches? Who was going to hear it? Those that had an ear. Not everyone. Not everyone. He mentions a specific group. Who's going to hear it? What did we just get through reading in John? When Jesus talked about the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, that he was going to send from the Father, the one who would teach us, lead and guide us into all the truth. He said the world cannot receive him. Because it does not see him and it does not know him. So they don't have ears to hear and they're not hearing him. Keep going in the third chapter. Verse 6. You might say, well, I got the point. Uh, Maybe you don't. Are you sure? Hang in with me. It's not just a matter of logging information in your head. It's a matter of light dawning in your spirit. And the the way you can know that's happening is you won't go, yeah, I got it, I got it. (laughs) That means you don't got it. Because when you do, you'll go, glory to God. Yes, 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 I see that. I hear that. It's not mentally discerned. I don't care how smart you think you are. And that's the problem. A lot of people that think they're so smart don't hear him at all. They think they got so much brain, they don't have ears to hear. I'm getting ahead of myself. But pride actually prevents you from hearing. I think we'll come back to that. But he that has an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit says to the churches. Verse 13. What did it say? Say it out loud. He that has an ear. Let him hear. What the Spirit says. To the churches. Verse 22. <laughs> Looked like we didn't even change the verse. Didn't it? <laughs> but the number changed. Say it out loud. He that has an ear. Let him hear. What the Spirit says to the church. So is the Spirit saying something? Something that could be heard by everybody? 
No. No. Not everybody's going to hear it. Those who have ears to hear it will hear it. 13th chapter and the 9th verse. 13.9. If any man have an ear, let him hear. What kind of ear? An ear. He that has an ear, let him hear. Ears to hear. Hearing ears. I might say it like this. This is scripture. Open ears as opposed to closed ears. And guess who's in charge of the opening and closing? You are. It's your ears. It's your ears. <laughs> this is Revelation. And we saw what? Half a dozen, seven of these. And uh, this is a quote from all through the scriptures. I mean, you will find some form of this many times. Old Testament, prophets, New Testament, epistles. This thing about eyes that see and ears that hear and hearts that understand. Anybody read the scripture enough to know what I'm talking about? Does that sound familiar to you? Have you seen that more than four or five times? Yeah, you do. One of the main places you begin to see it's in Isaiah, the sixth chapter. Isaiah 6 and 8, just listen. He said, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said, I hear am I, send me. And he said, go tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not. See ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes, uh, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. In Acts, New Testament, Acts the 28th chapter and the 23rd verse, very similar thing. Very similar thing. He said, verse 26, go to this people and say, hearing you shall hear and shall not understand and seeing you shall see and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross. Now that means dull, insensitive, unfeeling. Talking about unaware. Their eyes are dull of hearing. I'm going to stop right here. The problem is not getting God to talk. The problem is in ears that don't hear. If you're working on God trying to get him to talk to you, you're barking up the wrong tree. You are. You know how I know? As a uh, 19-year-old, I begin to get serious about the Lord. My grandmother and my, my folks had become believers, uh, mom and dad recently, but my grandmother had been a pillar in the church, always had us boys in Sunday school. And so I grew up around church and knew some things and uh, Pentecostal people as well as Baptist people and Church of God people. I had a good sampling of several groups and, and wonderful people, all of them. Good people. 
And uh, I began to sense that the Lord was dealing with me. And I didn't know what that meant. And I didn't know how to respond. And I had no idea that I had a call on my life to preach and teach. That was nowhere in my, I mean nowhere in my thinking. I had other plans. <laughs> what I was going to do. I'm so thankful I didn't do that. God's plan far better, far Far better. How many know his plan is always better than anything you can come up with, whether you know it or not? But it began my being dissatisfied. Just, and I couldn't put my finger on it. Looking back now, it's the mercy of God. Because if I was satisfied enough, I'd still be where I was. But he's letting me know by the witness inside me that I need to find out something. Something, he has something more for me to do. He has a plan for me that I'm not aware of and I hadn't been picking up on. Well, all I knew is I'm dissatisfied. What that's supposed to do is put you to seeking God. Seeking God, doing some praying, maybe some fasting. Come on, are y'all with me? And earnestly, sincerely, diligently seeking God about it. Now, a lot of people, they don't do that. They're just unhappy. They're just discouraged. And so they turn to drink. They turn to drugs. They overspend. They have affairs. Are y'all listening? Because they're unhappy and they're unfulfilled. And they say, it just seems like there's more. Well, there is. But it's, you're not going to find it in sin. Amen. You're not going to find it in the world. And so people are not taught to seek God and hear from him. Get the answers. Get the direction. And of course me being green. And a young man. With no spiritual experience to speak of. I, I tried to pray. I didn't pray in tongues. So you know. You just pray what you know out of your head. And after you've done that for a few minutes. And you said it over and over again. Several times. You know. And you think. And so. But, but I mean. It, it was so stirring in me. That I'd get up out of bed at midnight and, and, and go out in the woods. One or two in the morning. We lived out in the country. And I remember looking up in the night sky going, God. Of course, you know, nobody around. I can get loud if I want to. I didn't want to wake up anybody and bother anybody. But out there, just me and the coons and, <laughs> and whatever else is roaming around. The God, I said, what do you want? What? I don't know. Help me. Talk to me. Would you talk to me? And I must have said that 500 times over those months. Talk to me. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you want. But I'm telling you now, I was barking up the wrong tree. I was beating on the wrong pipe. I was working on the wrong end. How many understand? When it comes to transmitting and receiving, just because your car radio doesn't pick up the station doesn't mean you should immediately assume something's wrong with the broadcast station. Is that the first thing you should assume? 
And yet, millions of Christians, that's their immediate conclusion. Can't get God to transmit. God's not broadcasting. We don't know why he's so silent. He won't say anything. I've pled, I've fasted, I've begged, and God won't say a word to me. Are you sure? Are you sure he's not saying anything? Because the truth is, his sheep hear his voice and know his voice. Is that right? And he said his spirit would guide you in all the truth. Didn't he say it? He said he would lead you. He'd bring things to your remembrance. He would show you things to come. So is he not doing what he said he would do? Are we really waiting on him to talk to us? Or do we need some tuning? Some tuning of our receiver and go, ah, there it is. Well, it's been there all the time. I said, it's been there all the time. The signal's been there all the time. You just hadn't been picking it up. And this is the case. Because how many would believe God is faithful? He loves you. He cares about you. But why won't he talk to me? How you know he's not? Are you sure he's not? What do we see again and again? Eyes that don't see. Ears that are dull and don't hear. Does that mean nothing's being said? No, it means you're not hearing what's being said. Which is why he keeps on saying, to him that has ears. He's not just talking about people that's got these things on the side of their head. He's talking about an ear that hears. And we're going to get into what makes a hearing ear. And if you hadn't been hearing what to do. He hadn't hid it from us. It's here in the scriptures. Anybody excited about this beside me? It's one of the greatest things you could ever learn in your life. How to hear from God. One of the greatest things you could ever learn in your life. The answer to a thousand and one questions every day of your life is be led. Led by what? Not by your feelings, not by your circumstances, not by your friend's opinion. Led by the Spirit of God on the inside of you. Whom Jesus said will speak to you and lead you and guide you and teach you. Did Jesus say he would do that? Said out loud, the problem problem. has been on the receiving end. end. He said, the heart of this people is waxed gross. Their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. I mean, I won't take the time to read it right now, but I got pages here of the same thing in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, where he said, him that has ears to hear, let him hear. Have you read enough to know what I'm talking about? Is it not there just a few places? It's there all through the word. Go with me to Matthew 11, please. Matthew 11. Now we've touched on this. 
in recent times, when we went over to Romans in another series, I'm not putting them together right now, but and we talked about people saying there is no proof of God. There is no proof that God exists. That shows gross ignorance. Because according to Romans, first chapter, three chapters one and two, he gets into talking about that everything about God, including his divine power, the Godhead, the mysteries of all these things are already revealed in his creation. It's in front of us. For who? Those that have eyes to see it. Oh, we're making progress, saints. So why don't people see it? Why would people look at the sun, the stars, the moon, the oceans, the mountains, life, the precision, the amazing complexity, look at all that and go, there's no proof of God at all. Why would they do that? Because they don't want to see. Their eyes, they have closed. And how many know when you got your eyes closed, what are you going to see? How much are you going to see with your eyes closed? Nothing. And yet you can affirm with your five degrees and this one and that one's book how that there's nothing to see, there's nothing to see, there's nothing to see. But if you would just open your eyes, honey. Proof of God is everywhere. It's all the air we breathe. Come on, are you listening? Your heartbeat, it's everywhere. Around There's everything that exists. Hallelujah. Well, the same thing is true. To say God's not speaking is the same thing as saying there's no proof of God. He is speaking. I said he is. The question is, do you have ears to hear what he's saying? Him that has ears to hear, let him hear. That reveals to you that's not everybody. Matthew 11, verse 15. What did he say? Who said it? He that has ears to hear... Let him hear. Now skip on down to verse 25 or so here for time's sake. All of this is rich and good, but we're focused on this. At that time, Jesus answered and he said, I thank you, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hid these things from the wise and prudent, and you have revealed them unto babes. Keep reading. Even so, Father... For it seemed good in your sight. This is Jesus at prayer. Talking to the Father. And we're listening in. He said. All things are delivered to me of my Father. And no man knows the Son. But the Father. Neither knows any man the Father. Save the Son. And who else is going to know him? And he. To whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Verse 28, come to me, 
all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Keep that in the context of what we just read. You know, one of the things that will make you the most unstable and without rest is not knowing. Not knowing. Not knowing what's God. Not knowing what's not God. Not knowing do I go? Do I stay? Do I do this? Do I not do that? That's torment. But if you won't rest, it's achievable. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. You know what he's going to do with that yoke? He's going to steer you. I said he's going to steer you with that yoke. Learn of me. Now this yoke's not a bad thing. When you hear yoke, don't think. His, notice that, my yoke. This is not what the devil would try to put on you. This is his yoke. Learn of me, and what's the, of all the things he could have said, learn about me. What did he say? I am meek and lowly in heart, and this is how you'll find rest unto your souls. When you quit being stubborn and submit to his yoke. Come on, are you listening? When you quit being prideful and admit you don't know and you want him to show you which way to go. Come on, are you listening? When you do this and you humble your heart, you just tuned your receiver to him and you're going to start picking some things up. Just like that. You'll begin to pick things up. But If you harden your heart and you stiffen your neck, you shut off your hearing. You won't hear, you won't see, you won't understand. And you can imagine it's because God won't talk to you. And it's just not true. He is saying something to you. You're just not hearing it. He is endeavoring to show you things. You're just not seeing it. Because it's not physically discerned it's not mentally discerned it's spiritually discerned he is spirit and you are spirit and he doesn't lead you by the holy mind he leads you by the holy spirit who is in your spirit that's how he leads us so the more spiritual we become don't let your mind race off on a tangent of what that means. The more spiritual you become, the more you hear, the more you see, the more you understand, and you realize, well, that was there all the time. That's been there for 20 years. Because <laughs> he doesn't change. I said he doesn't change, and he is faithful. He's, if he told you he would lead you in his word, how many believe there's no way he's not going to do that? Amen. Trying to get him to lead you is knocking on the wrong door. Amen. Now, I left me out in the woods <laughs> begging. Do you remember that? Let's don't leave me there. That's not a good place to be. I, begging God. 
Talk to me. <laughs> 19 years old. Please God. What do you want? Just tell me what you want. And I'm trying to hear him with these. I'd look up in the night sky. Maybe he'd write something in the sky. Maybe, maybe you're laughing, but you ain't never do anything like that. Maybe, maybe some stars will do some stuff. I mean, God, I'm trying to be led externally. I'm trying to be led from out here, which is where millions of believers are right now. So when I talk about that, I'm not making fun. That was me. And I mean for months and months and months I did this. Couldn't get settled. Couldn't get any direction. And I did the same thing in our little Pentecostal church trying to get filled with the Holy Spirit. Have you heard me talk about it? You've heard me talk about it. Phyllis, Catholic girl, she never seen all this Pentecostal stuff. And they're having a meeting, and I, I mean, I did this, I don't know, several times over the course of a couple of years, the period we're talking about. They'd have a meeting, and when they'd give an altar call, people would come down and get filled with the Spirit, and they didn't teach about receiving, they just taught tarrying. So we'd just come to the altar and tarry. <laughs> and sometimes I start tarrying at 8.30 or 9, and still be tarrying at 1 in the morning. Phyllis told me later, she's sitting back in the back. This is all new to her, you know. She's thinking, and she's praying, God, whatever it is he wants, would you please give it to him so we can go home? And eventually she thought, well, maybe it's me. I don't know anything about this. This is new to me. Maybe I'm holding him up some way. So she got up and came to the altar. The women would go on one side and the men go on the other to tear him. And man, she hadn't got up to the altar good. She fell out under the power. And they told her, the, the pastor said, you need to be baptized. They're talking about water baptized right now in the pond. It was wintertime. She said, well, okay, if that's what we need to do. And so we all got in the car, went to the pond, pitch dark. Out in the country, cold, not as cold as it is right now up north, but, but cold for wintertime. And they kept telling her, just believe when you go under the water, just believe when you start coming up that you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. You'll be filled with the cold. Just believe it. Well, she never heard anything about it. Yeah, or nay. She thought, that's how you do it, so just believe that. <laughs> Boy, sometimes it helps not to have heard a bunch of tradition and junk. Well, sure enough, they tromped out in the mud in this little pond, and it was cold sitting on the bank. She said she, it felt like warm bath water to her. She was in the spirit. And they took her on out in the water, and they baptized her. And, and she's, she said from the time she started coming up, that's what she's believing, she starts speaking in tongues under the water. And did you speaking in tongues? Oh, man, that Pentecostal bunch came apart, man. They shouted. They jumped. They, they, uh. Because a lot of people would seek, seek, tarry, tarry, and not get filled. So, man, this was something. She had a great experience in the Lord. I mean, for three days and nights, she didn't eat. She didn't sleep. She didn't need to. 
She was in the glory of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then after all that, I'm still not filled. (laughs) And I'm Pentecostal. I mean, my granddad gave the land for the Pentecostal church to be built on. My grandma is the secretary treasurer for 50, 60 years, whatever it was. And a little Catholic girl shows up and just like that receives. I'm thinking, God, and I'm still out in the woods going, God, talk to me. Please talk to me. Now, you're laughing like you never did any of this. And one reason I brought that up is because during that time, I came back to tarry some more. And I remember one night, the Spirit of God came. And of course, I didn't know it was him. I didn't know anything about it. But you just sense this this wonderful power and this presence and this peace and this joy. And I, I couldn't even I couldn't even stay uh, straight up. I was I was bent over like a wet noodle over the altar. And I begin to hear here kaplunk, kaplunk, kaplunk. All the men up there with me fell out under the pile. And I can I can barely even raise my head. And you know what I'm hollering? Oh God, give me the Holy Ghost. Oh God, please, please give me the Holy Ghost. And you know what he's saying? Hey, it's me. Hello. And I'm so dense. I, I did not yield to him. I did not respond to him. Now, thank God, eventually I did, obviously. I got a hold of some teachings by Brother Kenneth Hagin. How to, you know, seven steps, I believe it was, how to receive the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. Help me out. But the big thing I needed to learn was how to yield to him, how to respond to him. My problem wasn't getting him to give me the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. He's been here ever since. And anybody that will receive it and yield to him are going to experience infilling and utterance. Someone said, I didn't get any utterance. It's because you didn't yield far enough. Well, that's not for everybody. It is for everybody. For everybody that will yield. Being filled. Speaking in tongues. Is for every believer. It's just a matter of learning how to yield. And but it's exa- the reason I bring it up is because it's exactly the same thing that people say. There's no proof of God. People say God won't talk to me. These things are not true. Amen. It's a matter of discerning Him, identifying Him, and responding to Him. Amen. It's a matter of opening your eyes yes. and realizing what you're seeing. Perfect example is Jesus himself. Jesus was talking right before he went to the cross to the disciples, telling them he was going to leave. And he kept talking to them about the Father, the Father, the Father. And you remember one of them said, well, show us the Father. Show us the Father. Remember that? And what did he say? He said, have I been with you all this time? And, and, And they were thinking, what does he mean? 
Because he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's been right in front of them this whole time, and they're thinking they're still looking for him. Now, I've said this several different ways, but do you see the principle? You will see this over and over and over and over again in God's dealings with human beings. People think they're waiting on him. I did. Millions like me think they're still waiting on him. And it's not the case. He has been speaking. He has been revealing. Hallelujah. He's faithful. He's constant. He doesn't go away. Didn't the Bible say he'll never leave you? He'll never forsake you. He said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age, end of the world. He's there. He's there. The Spirit of God always has something to show us, to tell us, to remind us, to say to us. Show us about things to come. What is the question? What is the issue? Do we have eyes to see? Do we have ears to hear? What verse are you on here? Matthew, verse 29, 30. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I'm meek and lowly in heart. And you'll find what? How are you going to find rest? Learning about him and taking his yoke on you. And what was the one thing he mentioned about himself? Humility. Meekness. Do not underestimate this, saints. This is how you tune your heart and get your ears open to hear from him. You submit to him. And you humble yourself before him. And you get genuinely willing. Are you listening? And when you do, just like a signal that you had the dial on the wrong place, you will adjust that and it will begin coming clear to you. Hallelujah. You'll begin to go glory to God. Yes, yes, yes. Why didn't I see this already? Why didn't I know this already? But it wasn't because we were waiting on him to talk to us. I know uh, what happened to me, how the Lord got me from out in the woods to here, is I did that for months and months. Oh, God, talk to me, please. Why won't you talk to me? Just tell me what you want me to do. I'm trying to hear outwardly. I'm trying to discern God's will externally. He's spirit. I don't need to look out here. He's in here. I know that's simple, but it's life changing. Quit looking out here. Look in here. Not externally led, internally led. I remember one night I was at it again. I didn't go in the woods that night, but I got up. I went to the living room. I knelt down on our red, uh, red shag carpet, uh, kneeling against our genuine imitation leather sofa. That means plastic. And uh, I was saying the same thing. I'm still not speaking in tongues. I'm saying, oh, God, what? <laughs> what? Just talk to me. And thank God I finally quit making so much noise 
And I think I'm about half asleep, half dozing off. I finally got my head quiet. And inside me, oh, hallelujah. Very distinctly. I don't mean I heard a voice. Not an not, not a outward voice. But inside me, very distinctly. Came up from inside me up to my mind. He said to me, son, Keith, he loves us. He said, uh, find out. What I've already said to you in the book, the word, and if I want to say something else to you, I will. And that was my great breakthrough. But my Bible had just been sitting there on a nightstand for all these months. Do you want God to talk to you? How many would like God to talk to you? Right now, tonight, immediately. Newsflash, he is. That's what's happening right now. And if you want that to happen at home, anytime, anywhere, pull out this Bible. Are y'all with me? Pull out this Bible, turn to any page, any page, and say, Lord, speak to me. And start reading in faith. I said start reading in faith. With respect. With humility. With willingness to do what he shows you. And I assure you. How many have done this? Some He will immediately start showing you things. Won't he? I mean things that apply to you. Personally. Directly. Specifically. And what I didn't realize. Is that he wanted to train me. To hear his voice. And that's how he does it. How do you know someone's voice? Somebody calls you on the telephone. And they don't tell you what their name is. They say three words and you know who it is. That means you know their voice. Why do you know their voice? Because you have heard that voice many, many hours. Is that right? You've heard that voice, happy, sad, mad, glad, right? You have heard that voice, and you would know that voice anywhere. That's the same way you get to know the Lord, His voice. And even though there are different human authors involved, They're just vehicles that he spoke through. How many believe the same spirit speaking through Moses is the spirit speaking through Elijah? Is that right? Same spirit speaking through David in the Psalms is the very same spirit speaking through Peter and Paul. Is that right? Same Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit. Covers Huge amounts of time, spans of centuries and millennia, but it's the same Holy Spirit. And the same Holy Spirit who lives inside you right now. I don't know if you heard that one or not. The Spirit of God that spoke through Elijah is the very same Spirit who's living inside you. The Spirit of God that spoke through Paul, spoke through Peter, spoke through all of these. The very same Holy Spirit. 
the author of the book lives inside you to teach you and explain to you what he said in the book. Hallelujah. Woo. Put up 1 John 2.20 on the screen for us, please. 1 John 2.20. He said, you have an unction from the Holy One. This is talking about an anointing, which is a manifestation of the person of the Holy Spirit. And by this unction, by this anointing, you know all things. doesn't make you omniscient. You know all things you need to know. Come on, say it out loud. I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things I need to know by this unction. Now see, that's not figuring it out in your noggin. That's it being revealed to you by the anointing. Look in verse 27. Man, the Lord's helping us here tonight. I'm telling you, he's in this. He wants us to get what he's saying. He wants us to quit playing games and being dull. He'd like to have some intelligent conversations with us sometimes. Instead of bumping along in the dark. When God wants you to talk to me. Ricky ever gets tired of hearing that. Verse 27. But the anointing. Which you have received of him. Abides in you. Does not go and come. It lives. It stays. It dwells. The anointing. The manifestation of the person. Of the Holy Spirit. Him. And you need not that any man teach you. Now that doesn't mean we don't need preachers. Why would he give gifts unto men? Right? Why would he say, how can they hear without a preacher? Etc. Etc. What this is saying. You are not externally dependent on a man to tell you what God's saying. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Even when God would speak to you through a man or woman, you are not just relying on them for what God said. Because if they said something by the Spirit, that same Spirit is in you. And if it really is the Holy Spirit, you'll know it. You're not relying on somebody. See, a huge Portions of religion teach reliance on men instead of God. You can't pray for yourself. You have to get them to pray for you. You can't go directly to God. You have to go through this one or through that. You can't understand that. Somebody that's been to 20 years of school has to explain to you. You'll not be able to get any of that. I was talking to a fellow a few months ago, and he was saying, I said something about the word being your, your standard you live by. And he said, well, who can understand it? Everybody's got their own opinion of what it means, which he thought he's not even going to try. It's a lie. Can you see why the enemy has fed people that? Because they, they just quit trying. They think, well, I'm no spiritual. I'm no sane. I mean, uh, I don't know. I just have to bump along best I can. No, no, no. Amen. Come on, somebody said out loud, I can be. I, can be. I, will, be. I will be. 
personally, directly, specifically, led by the Holy Spirit. You can hear from Him for yourself. You're not relying on any man or woman that you have to be externally dependent. They have to tell me if this was God or not. But the same anointing teaches you. Oh, the anointing's teaching us. The anointing teaches me. And is truth. And is no lie. And even as it, actually, you'll see in just a moment what he's talking about. It's not talking about it. Has taught you, you shall abide in him. He winds up calling the anointing him. Ooh, glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. 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 Go to Luke 8. I think you can take a little bit more. Luke 8, please. I tell you what, go to Mark 8. Then we'll go to Luke. Do it like this. Mark 8. But the main thing is that you get the spirit of it. And what's one of the great truths that the Spirit of God's ministered to us tonight? If you had to just pick out a thing or two, what would you say? He is speaking. Would you agree with that? He is speaking. He is revealing. Question is, who's listening? Who's looking? Not everybody is. In fact, many, many across the planet are blind and deaf and dumb and a closed off heart as far as he's concerned. That's why to them it's like there is no God. They don't see him. They don't hear him. They don't discern him. But it's not because he's not everywhere. <laughs> it's just because they don't see. Mark 8, 15. Now, now, what would fix that? I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit. What would fix that? What did Jesus say? How are you going to find rest? How are you going to get rid of these heavy burdens? Find rest to your soul. He said, learn about me. Take my yoke on you. And learn about me. I am meek and lowly of heart. What, how would they get their eyes open and their ears open and their heart? They have to come and bow their knee and admit they don't know everything. Come on, are you listening? Admit they don't know everything and admit they need help. And there's obviously a lot more to this than what they see and know. And if they would acknowledge him in humility, what would happen? Scales would fall from the eyes. Come on, are you listening? Ears would begin to open up. And what's been there all the time would begin to be discernible to them. But as long as you think I don't need that, your pride and hard heart keeps you from hearing. He said here to his own disciples, he charged them and said, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves and said, it's because we didn't take enough bread. We didn't take no bread. He's talking spiritually. They're thinking naturally. He's telling them something important. They're not getting it at all. It's like he's on the FM band and they're on the AM band. Is that right? 
<laughs> Could you say he's not showing them anything? No, he is showing them something. What's the problem? The problem's not with the transmission. Problems with the receiver. Verse 17. When Jesus knew it, he said, why are you reasoning? Because you don't have any bread. (laughs) Perceive ye not, neither understand, and here he reveals why. Have you your heart yet hardened? Hard heart means no hearing. Dull of hearing, hard heart means blind eyes. Which is why meek and lowly of heart and submission brings the change. Keep reading. Having eyes, see ye not, and having ears, hear ye not. Who's he talking to? His staff. Is that right? They've been with him. They've heard him. What is he asking them? Why, Why aren't you getting this? Isn't he? You got eyes, but you're not seeing. You got ears, but you're not hearing. Don't you remember? I'm paraphrasing. What just happened? Keep reading. When I broke the five loaves among 5,000. How many baskets of fragments did you take up? Twelve. He said, and seven among 4,000. This happened more than once. How many baskets full of fragments took you up? And they said, seven. And he said, how is it that you don't understand? (laughs) Why? It didn't register on them. Now, we're throwing no stones. At the disciples. Because we've done this. But what should they have gotten? He, they've seen repeatedly that if there wasn't enough natural provision, God can do it with a little boy's lunch. He can do it on the hillside. Is that right? Why would he be so seriously looking at them and going, you didn't bring enough bread? <laughs> Why would they assume that's what he's saying? What he's talking about? They're not on the right channel. (laughs) How is it that you don't understand? Go back to Luke. Back to Luke. Luke 8, 8. He said, other fellow on the good ground sprang up, bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he said these things, he cried. That means he lifted his voice. He got loud. He said, he that has ears to hear... Let him hear. Why does he keep saying this? His disciples asked him, what might this parable be? (laughs) Huh? (laughs) What? We've been there. We've been there. And he said, unto you it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might not see and hearing they might not understand. God is both hiding and revealing at the same time throughout the earth. People whose heart is not right, they're not going to see it. I don't care how smart they think they are, how much they study. It's not just intelligence 
that gets you an understanding of this word or of truth, light. Your heart has to be right. And to those, I don't care, you could have been the dumbest kid in your class and just, you know, been a little slow. But if your heart's right before the Lord, come on, are you listening to me? If your heart's really right before him and you love him and you'll submit to him and you're willing to do whatever he tells you to do, you will see things that so-called geniuses will never touch. And it's not because you figured it out. It's because he just revealed it to you. He showed it to you. And he would show it to people all over the planet, but you're not going to have eyes that can see it or ears that can hear it until your heart is right before him. Can you see this, friends? In verse 18, notice what he said. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. For whoever has, to him will be given, and whoever has not, from him shall be taken even that which he seems to have. Does it make any difference how you hear something? Go to Hebrews, and I'm trying to close, but uh, Hebrews, Hebrews, fifth chapter, I believe it is. Hebrews, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews 3.15. I want us a solid foundation of the Word of God. When the Lord told me, find out what I've already said in the book. And if I want to say something else to you, I will. I didn't realize. But He wanted to train me. And when I'm reading the Scriptures in Genesis, I'm hearing His voice. When I'm reading the Scriptures in the Psalms and Proverbs, I'm hearing His voice. Elsewise, how am I going to recognize who it is? Come on, can you see this? This is why so many are easily led astray. You don't know the word. And you're just led by some spiritual impression. You'll be easily misled. How do you know who it is that's leading you? How do you know who's making these impressions on you or trying to lead you? Because we're going to get to this eventually. You have an enemy who will try to lead you wrong. And you know his favorite thing to pretend? That he's God. His favorite thing is try to convince you he's God telling you to do this or that. So how can I know if it's him or not? Just like you know for the first three words they said on the phone. That's why everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter every day, Monday through Friday and ever how much other the Lord leads you to. But what are you doing? You're, you're learning. You're, you're getting familiar and more and more and more. So then if he wants to say something else to you by his spirit, you go, that's the same one has been talking to me in Genesis and Psalms and, and Matthew and Mark. That's the same one. Same one. You recognize him. And there's your safety. There's your protection. I didn't know that when he told me that, but I see now. That's what he was doing. He wanted to train me. So that when he said, not that building, that building. 30 years from then. Come on, are y'all listening? Because you're not going to find that in the scriptures. I don't guess you can find Branson, Missouri or Sarasota, Florida in any book. Right? So we're going to have to hear from him directly. 
personally. How would I know it's him? It's the same one has been speaking to me all these years through the scriptures. Come on, are y'all with me? Same one. 315. Today, if you will hear his voice. Do you want to hear his voice? If you will hear his voice, what do you got to do? Don't harden your heart. Why? What will hardening your heart do? It's just like turning the power switch off. It's just like putting a blindfold on you. It's like putting something in your ears. You get an attitude with God. You get some attitude. You get huffy. You get stubborn. You get rebellious. You get blind, deaf, and dumb. And you can scream all you want to at God. It's not his problem. The problem is not on the sending end. Look at it again. He stated it again. That's Hebrews 3.15. In chapter 4. In verse 7. 4, seven Again he limits a certain time. A certain day. Saying in David. Today. After so long a time. It is said. Today. When? When? Today. If you will hear his voice. Do what? Don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Look at your neighbor. Say don't harden your heart. Do you reckon you ever have? Uh, yep. You can tell when you do. Immediately you lose your peace and your joy. You harden your heart, you lose your joy. You get sour. Bitter. And you want to rain on everybody's parade. Judge them. Problem's not with them. Millions on the planet, have hard hearts toward God. They don't want to see him. They don't want to hear him. Don't believe him in at all. So to them, it's like there is no God. And if they don't change, it'll be like that until they die and get a rude awakening. They'll realize all at once when they get out of this body. Thank God we don't have to be blind and deaf all our life. You believe that? We don't have to be. Without understanding. Friend. This is exciting. Today. Am I quoting scriptures? Today. Do you want to hear his voice? Today. If you will hear his voice. If you want to hear his voice. What do you do? Don't harden your heart. What's the opposite of hardening your heart? Humbling your Humbling yourself. What does it mean taking on the yoke? That's submission. That's submission. You want to hear from God better than you ever have in your life? Go home. Put your nose in the carpet. Put your nose in the carpet. Open your heart real wide before the Lord and tell him, Lord, you are God. I don't know anything. I don't have anything except in you. I am completely dependent on you. And forgive me for any stubbornness or any ignorance. I choose to be willing. Whatever you tell me, I choose to be. I will to do your will. Friend, if you do that, your heart, even though it might have been a little bit crusty, it'll break loose. And it'll dial in and you'll begin to hear 
precision communication like you've not heard yet to this time. It was always there. I said it was always there. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. Mm, hallelujah. Lift up your hands. Let's praise the Lord. Let's give Him thanks. Let's give Him glory. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.